0: The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including ACLA Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Clean Energy Advisors.
1: Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World Show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is the really super incredible expert uh, Zach Smith, who is the CEO and founder of Funded Today. Zach, we're excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Devin. Excited to be here as well. Well, Zach, uh, for better or worse, most people haven't heard of you probably, or even your company, but they've heard of a lot of the crowdfunding campaigns you've helped to achieve incredible success. Tell us about some of those campaigns that have been most successful with your help.
2: Yeah, we're behind uh, Haral Sangavi and the Baobax Travel Jacket. That's an international, I think it's the sixth most funded of all time, over $9 million raised in the time we worked with him. Um, another couple million raised on Indiegogo demand as well. He's the second highest raised project in all of Indiegogo in demand. So that's pretty cool. Um, a lot of local Utah success stories. The basics guys are pretty cool. They're a probably multi-million dollar company at this point who've launched four or five different projects, kind of always starting with the rewards-based crowdfunding validation side and moving to the Amazon e-commerce channel shortly thereafter. So it's been exciting we worked with over a thousand projects now at this point I believe to raise over 111 million in gaming.
0: That's just, uh, it's really an incredible statistic, and uh, we're thrilled to have you. It seems to me that from some of our past conversations, one, and I don't mean to say the, but one of the secrets to your success is the way that you manage Facebook advertising. Uh, would you agree that's part of what you do that's important? Definitely how we started. Facebook
2: was huge for us in terms of paid media and and how we got started. The very first project we ever ran was the Root Sport. And for a year or so before we even worked with that, I was helping them build an e-commerce email list. And we used a lot of that email list in Facebook to do some um, retargeting and lookalike audiences and custom audiences. And that helped us to get the ball rolling. Now we focus on, of course, paid media, but that includes Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, even looking into Snapchat now because they've got a couple interesting options. Influencer marketing, so people like you, famous influential people like you who can talk about different projects, and all of those things have really helped us to raise a lot of money. We have a massive email list now. That email list is past crowdfunding backers that are interested in purchasing products, so they get an email twice a week, and in exchange for getting that email, they get a discount on all the products that we mentioned to them. So if you're a crowdfunding junkie, it's a nice email list to be a part
0: of, things like that. That's really cool. Really cool. So I'm hoping that you will give us some Facebook advertising tips. And I realize it's just a kernel of what you do, but, but if we could just extract a little bit of that wisdom for the sake of some of the folks that are doing um, crowdfunding on a small budget by themselves without the uh, without your help, just a some kernel of wisdom would help. And and our audience is primarily folks who are mission driven. So it's social entrepreneurs, some might have products and inventions like you're uh, most often promoting, but oftentimes they're just looking for donations. But even in the donations world, uh, Facebook advertising works, Okay. but I don't know how to make it work. Tell us how it works.
2: Okay. So let's focus on strictly a donation perspective. Here's what I would do. And I'm going to go with like, you don't have a budget. If you have a budget, let's just—if you have money, if you have what you can do, basically set up a landing page or a squeeze page, and that's that's a one-page website that says, "Put in your name and email here, because you want to be a part of this cause, and you want to get like 1,000 minimum to five to ten thousand is pretty as a pretty good number of people that put in their name and email, and you want to be getting those emails for less than three to four dollars. So you might spend, if you get 10,000 emails, you might spend 40, dollars $50,000. So that's the way to do it if you have money. If you don't have money, find a cause that has already been successful and reach out to that person and say, hey, can I have your people that help be a part of this cause? I promise I won't email them. I won't talk to them. I won't do anything weird. I can sign whatever you want to sign so that it's safe and secure. But I just want to build some custom audiences and some lookalike audiences on things like Instagram, or, or since we're talking about Facebook, on Facebook, so that I can target similar interested people that backed your campaign. Is that something we can do? And maybe you pay them so- for that. Maybe they do it out of the goodness of their heart, because this is kind of a, a social good sort of thing. So I would go on a site like GoFundMe, or maybe um, Indiegogo has their own site for social good. Now, I forget the name of it, actually. Do you know, Generosity. Generosity, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Right on top of my tongue generosity. You go to a site like that, you find a project that did a cause similar to your cause that has 1,000 to 10,000 backers, and you do that. And you might have to talk to 20 people before somebody says, yeah, let's do it. But now you have that list of people that help to support their cause, and that list of people, when you put it into Facebook, is going to give you a lot more audience expansion in terms of who might be a good fit for
0: yours. So how do you put that list what do you hope to get from uh, the other company? Literally, what does the data look like? And then how do you use it on Facebook?
2: Yeah, you want the names and emails and maybe the phone numbers. But names and emails should be fine. And then you can upload that into Facebook and create a custom audience or a lookalike. And obviously, the more of those you have, the better, because then you have a bigger interest in Facebook. Facebook has so much information on everybody. They have like your favorite movie and your favorite show and what you gave to and what you posted. And you can, dial. I mean, the, the amount of stuff you can dial in on Target on Facebook and Instagram and even Pinterest now is pretty crazy. So when you have those lists, you upload them to those types of platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest probably being the big three, and then you can target like-minded individuals. And by targeting like-minded individuals, one line of strategy on the ad side, and this might be a little different for social good. I'm on the reward side most of the time, so I'm, I'm selling physical products, techie, innovative sort of things we like to create curiosity based ads so an ad that makes you want to click and then that ad that makes you want to click takes you to
0: the page and the page and the video convince you to give money now are you using traditional display ads kind of the old fashioned facebook ads or are you using are you promoting a post we promote a post through dark posts generally i mean we do all the
2: types of advertising but i like to be right in the center of the news feed mm-hmm. a little bit of mobile a little bit of desktop and we go straight down the line.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, Zach, I really appreciate uh, you sharing those insights. That's, that's really, really quite powerful. Um, and, and just since we don't have enough time to talk about
2: it, but if you Google like Facebook custom audience, Facebook, um, they've got a whole entire help guide. Their help guide is probably better than any other person who blogs about it. So just go through their help guide and there's videos and step-by-step of exactly how to do what I just said. It's pretty straightforward.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's a big help. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely encourage people to do that. Now, Zach, uh, I want to just step back, and, and we, we've, we've kind of zoomed in on Facebook advertising because it's something that really is something anyone can do with their campaign, and you've given us some great insights there. I want to step back now to the big picture and have you tell us a little bit about what you do broadly speaking, to make a campaign work? I mean, to, to raise, you know, a hundred thousand, half a million, a million, millions of dollars, what are you doing? It's a great question. And we, for a while, you know, we were like shotgun approach,
2: do anything you can to raise money. We still have a saying, as long as it's legal and ethical and moral, we're going to do that to raise you money. But we distilled it down into seven Ps. And we have a blog post about it if you want to learn more, but I'll just kind of list out what those seven Ps are. Obviously product and I'll just get, maybe I'll give a couple sentences for each one of these so product. Why is this product different special unique and then the, the other thing we always like to ask is what about this product is ubiquitous? What about this product is Kecky or innovative and based upon those and, and ubiquitous meaning how broad of a market do you have? We just got done raising money for the onsen towel. It's a waffle weave towel that doesn't stink and dries quickly so you can see everybody showers, everybody bathes, hopefully. Me, not so much yet today, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but this towel, everybody needs it because everybody needs a towel to dry off. But then they added an innovative and a techie component just to the towel. So that's the product side of things. How do you do that? Now, again, since this audience of yours is maybe more a social good type thing, how I would also ask yourself, what's in it for the person? Because – I love to give to things, but I also maybe like to be recognized for those things. Or maybe I like to give to things, but I also want something in exchange. So think like that in terms of how to get something for your charitable or social good operation. Um, and there's lots of good examples of that, you know, not ne- that I necessarily agree with them, but um, that shoe company that gives a pair of shoes for every single shoe you buy. shoes. Probably doing more negative than good, but... A lot of they're selling a lot of shoes and, and doing a lot of good even though I don't know if it's good because they're kind of putting local cob, cobbler makers out of business but yeah yeah <clears throat> same kind of thing with the water company every type of, every time you drink a bottle of water you like their water because it tastes good it's great it's got all kinds of good mineral content or whatever but then they also give water so how can you add in elements of that to your social good cost? I think that's the, that's the product. number two is platform. Platform's really simple for us because we pretty much do things on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, and then we do some e-commerce and Amazon marketing posts, crowdfunding. So for your product, how do you get the right platform? Are you on the right platform? A good example is a lawn care landscaping company. is probably not going to do well crowdfunding. But if you go knock doors and you have your lawn mowers and your aerators and your fertilization stuff right there, you say, we're doing your neighbors. We're going to come to yours right after. That platform's a little different. The door-to-door approach works really good for that type of business, but you can't really sell a lot of lawn care services through crowdfunding. So the platform has to be checked. That's, that's P number two. P number three, that's your presentation. Presentation is your video. Presentation is your reward structure. Presentation is your pictures, your quality, your page, how visually appealing is it. Does it actually sell your product? A good example is a local Utah company, Shopbox. They had a... Um, a box that you would put a product in to take pictures of so you could have high quality product shots. Crazy enough, this guy had the best shot box ever. It was foldable. It folded up nice. It could be carried very easily. It kind of fit almost like a piece of paper, but the presentation was terrible. So all we did is redid his video, redid his reward structure, made things clean, made amazing looking pictures using the shot box and said, look at the pictures we did with this shot box. Imagine what you're going to be able to do. And then we relaunched, did the promotion, which is P number four, right? And we took him from raising seven grand to 184 grand. So presentation matters. Sometimes it's just about how you presented something wrongly that made it so you didn't raise money. And if you get that presentation right, it can make a difference. Number four is promotion, like I
0: talked yeah, about. I backed that shot, shot, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, shot box, huh? Yeah, shot box. I, I backed that one. So. Oh, nice. Great yeah. job. I was actually in the first one. Oh, so I, I was in both. So it's interesting. I didn't realize that you had stepped in to fix that one for him. That's great. Yep. yep, we did. We're the ones that, and it's pretty
2: cool. I think he even has a testimonial that we could share kind of what we did because we wanted him to talk about what happened here. How did this, I mean, it doesn't look like too much changed. You know, it looks like you launched the exact same product. What was the difference? And it was really, out of all the seven Ps we talked about, all it was was presentation, which is pretty cool. That's why all these seven Ps have to be checked off. Promotion, we've already talked about a bit. Um, It extends more than Facebook. But like Devin mentioned, like you mentioned, um, if you only have one thing to do, you probably should do paid media. That's for sure the best because paid media is going to create that consistency across your campaign. But we do a lot more because we're a lot bigger. So there's press. That's outreach to journalists to get them to write about. I think for social good, it might be good to focus a little bit on press because if you get the right story and the right angle about what you're doing, you could get a lot of people to write about you. Just make sure when you do press, this is a little tip, make sure they include your link. We have lots of people go and get press, and then they don't even get their link included. So someone will write this amazing article. Maybe it's even in something as prestigious as the Wall Street Journal, or the New York Times, and then there's nothing even linking back. So that's cool to get that press, but now you're not going to raise any money because nobody knows where to click to go and back your cause. Big mistake a lot of people make with press. Talk to the journalist and make sure, hey, here's what I want you to say, here's my link, here's where I want you to go to, here's the tracking I want. And usually they'll be accommodating to that because most people don't even think about that. They're just like, yeah, I got press. Press is pretty terrible if it doesn't make you money, unless you're going for some long-term branding thing. But I think most of us want to make money right now and do the branding thing once we've got a little bit of money to support our cause. Um, Partnerships, that one's huge too. If you're on a low budget, you can do exactly what I said, where you go and contact other people that were successful. And in addition to act for asking them to build demographic lookalikes and targeted custom audiences, you could ask them, hey, would you mind telling your 5,000 people about my product when they launch? I can do this for you, or I'll do this for you. I'll write a blog post for you here, or I'll also pr- promote your cause still. There's a lot of ways you can work with somebody who has a interest that fits your model, but maybe slightly different, and they can tell their thousands of people, and then you can tell your people. And it's a great way. We have a massive network that literally makes about $200,000 to $300,000 every month. So worst case 200, high ball, we did $363,000 I think last October in one month in a 30-day period, simply from doing exactly what I said there. Reaching out to people, telling them to tell their people about our thing and we'll tell our people about their thing. Powerful. Simple.
0: Yeah. That really is uh, relatively easy. Now, was
2: that our last P? You got price. Price is simple, but price isn't necessarily going to be The same price is pretty good for like rewards-based products. You want to, the simplest trick on price, try to charge as much as you can. And then if it doesn't work, you can always lower your price. What's hard to do is if you charge really low, normal price and it doesn't work, then you got to raise your price. That can be tough. So my simple pricing strategy is you want to charge upper level and people will want to back your product, not because they're getting a deal, but because they're first in, they want to be part of this. They want to help you. And then you can always reduce your price if price was too high. That's a that's a trick on price. We had a client, um, Catherine Krug. She invented the better back. It was on uh, Shark Tank. Got a good deal with Lori Grenier. And she tried to charge $75. It did okay. But then we reduced the price point to $50, and it raised $1.2 million. So wow. Price can make a big difference. And she still had good margin there to, to charge what she charged. And $75 didn't work, and so she was able to validate a good price point. Number six – that's probability. That's the likelihood of getting, is it going to happen? Can you actually make this happen? Is it too big of an undertaking? What have you done to make it happen? And that fits good with people too, which is our seventh P. Do you have the right team involved? What success have you had in the past? What's going to make this happen? How, how are you guys the right people to, to make it come to life? A lot of products don't do good on crowdfunding sites or maybe even social good sites because the cause seems too big for the people involved. So you've got to really leverage your past successes and let people know that you were the right man or woman to make it happen. And that's the seven piece. You check them all off, and they have to all be checked off, then you have a really good chance of raising a lot of money.
0: That's great. I, I, I really appreciate that because it helps us get an insight into all the work that you're doing. And, I mean, for crying out loud, crowdfunding is so hard to do it well. People that are raising $1.2 million, my gosh, the hours that went into that, the money that was spent to make that happen. I think people don't have any appreciation. There's a sense still with a lot of people who haven't done crowdfunding that you just put up the page and $1.2 million rolls in, right?
2: That's absolutely true. I'd say that's probably the top five. We should write a blog post on the top five myths of crowdfunding. That's definitely in that. If I just make a good video and a good page, it's going to make a lot of money. Not the case at all. I've heard that was the case. Somebody said eight years ago you could actually do that, but I don't even know if it was then I wasn't around eight years ago to do that. I've talked to some people like, yeah, all I did was put it on there and it made money. It, they could be a little bit disingenuous there, but no way is that happening. Even if you have the best idea ever. A good example is Fine This guy tried to do that. Literally, he raised seven grand and then $0, $0, $0. $0. It, and then he hired us and he's almost at $2 million now. So he had the best idea ever, technically. We raised him millions of dollars. He's in the top percentile of all crowdfunding ever but he didn't raise any money before. So you've got to
0: check off all those seven Ps for sure. Yeah. Now, what's your model? How, how much do you charge and when do you charge? How does that work? Yeah, so we have a due diligence
2: and product validation period that pretty much every product goes through. There's some that don't. Um, some are raising so much money, they simply hire us to amplify. So that's kind of, hey, I've raised a million. Balbax did that, actually. Balbachs Travel Jacket, he had raised about a couple million dollars, and he hired us. Midway through because he was spending a lot more money than he was making. And so we fixed that for him and it ended up being a profitable deal for all of us. But most of our clients, 90, 95% of them fit the due diligence product validation. And you pay a couple thousand bucks up front. We spend one to seven days on your project, getting all the P's right, testing everything out, really focusing on that promotion fee because we've got all the different things that we can do to test based upon all the money. So like simple example, let's say you have a wallet that you've invented. And we've run money for lots of wallets. We've raised millions of dollars for wallets. So obviously hiring us is smart if you have a wallet. And so people will hire us to have a wallet. We run their marketing for their wallet. And if we raise you money, you've got a good wallet. If we don't raise you money, you've got a bad wallet. It's just simple, like check it off kind of thing because we've raised a lot of money for wallets. So if we can't raise money for your wallet, nobody in the world probably can. So that's kind of how it works. But after that period of due diligence, if it works... Then we take a percentage of all the funds raised from whenever we came on. So if you're at zero and we raise you a million bucks, we take a percentage of it. If you've already raised a hundred grand, and we come on and raise you another 900 grand and you keep that first hundred, we take a percentage of that 900. And that percentage ranges low end 25%, high end 35%. That includes everything though. That's all of our ad costs. We float about 500, $800,000 a month, kind of acting like as a mini lender, private bank for our clients. Because sometimes they have a good product, but they only have 20 grand in their name. So they spend that twenty grand. Now they can't even raise any more money because they can't spend any more money. And so with us, we kind of have unlimited access to capital, so we can spend the hundreds of thousands of dollars necessary to raise those million-dollar products. Because don't deceive yourself. To raise a million dollars, you have to spend a lot of money too.
0: I think that is uh, a vitally important takeaway. I think um, that myth that all you have to do is is you know put up a good page. Uh, is debunked by what you're actually spending. If you're spending uh, if your clients are paying you 25 to 35 percent of their revenue to raise money for them, that's a lot of money. Um, and it totally uh, sort of exposes the, the myth. Uh, that you just put up a page. It takes a tremendous amount of smart people working hard, spending money, doing strategic things to make a crowdfunding campaign work.
2: Absolutely. And a lot of the stories you see where they've raised a million dollars, when we come on, we can see, holy cow, they spent $500,000 to get to the million because we see their ad accounts. We see what they've done. And so it's not necessarily always as impressive. There's sometimes those situations where something goes viral, but time and time again, I don't think you should try to go with the viral route. You should go for the long-term validation route and raise that steady money over a 30 to 45-day
0: period. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, Zach, you burned up all of your time. You've been very generous. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Before you go, will you tell everyone uh, how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your program?
2: Yeah. So our website is funded.today. We're not a .com, although we do own fundedtoday.com. So if you just go to funded.today, we've got all kinds of different resources. We've got a great blog with a lot of the stuff I talked about in a little bit more detail. And you can always go to our qualified page and see if we can work together on your next invention or idea. We love working with people and we've raised a lot of money. So definitely hit us up.
0: All right. Uh, Zach, thank you very much for being with us today. And we wish you every success in uh, helping people to raise more money for their crowdfunding.
2: Thanks for having me, Devin. Glad to be on.
0: All right. Let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact. GGI uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Seed Equity Ventures is a registered broker-dealer with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a member of both FINRA and SIPC, providing investment banking services to startups globally. Seed Equity's mission is to find the best and brightest entrepreneurs and connect them with global investors. Clean Energy Advisors creates investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector that provide clients with a predictable income, preservation of capital, and positive impact. Clean Energy Advisors is committed to providing clients with investment opportunities with both market rates of return and measurable impact.